Hello, world. Hey, world. Hello, world. Welcome to Hello, world. The future is female. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Hello, world. The future is female. Today, I'm joined by Khaylin Tashkasan. And um, I met her a couple of weeks ago at this internship in DC that we did at the summit. And I was just really inspired by her story of, you know, her work in the Middle East and um, kind of what she's passionate about. So I'm, yeah, I'm just very excited just to be able to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for wanting to do this. <laughs> so could you tell me a little bit about like the inspiration for starting X and how it's kind of evolved over time? Yeah, so I was born in Diyarbakir, and I came to America when I was five years old. When I was here, I didn't know a lot of English, and I was just trying to really fit in. Um, but I realized over time that whenever the talk of Middle East came up, it was usually very negative, and it always like portrayed because bad things happen there, yes, but bad things happen everywhere at this point. So, um, but the way that the Middle East was being talked about was so negative and there was never a positive thing that I heard that even after a while I started believing it where um, when we went back to Turkey during um, one of my summer breaks in middle school I was just like I was sort of scared which is which is a terrible thing especially because I was born there um, but then when I went I was like wait this isn't true like like not everyone is a crazy person or like I don't, I don't really want to say this, but like a terrorist, like there, we're not all murderers there, you know, there are families, there's culture, there's beauty, there's architecture. Like we don't live in little huts. Like I was supposed to know all of this, but the way that I had heard and the media had portray- portrayed everything just scared even me. So when I came back, I was like, I'm never going to think that way again. Um, you, you know, I'm not going to think that way again. But I'm also going to help other people learn about all the various aspects of the Middle East, um, not just the negative things that they see through the media. And the reason that I also added, like for Mena X, the North Africa, is because when I was researching the Middle East, um, I realized that a lot of historical powers like caliphates and emperors didn't just rule the Middle East per se, they ruled parts of Africa as well. And so that culture expanded span, uh, across all of those regions, um, which is where the North African of Mena X comes from. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because you, were, you weren't born in America. So it's not like you had grown up with this perspective about the Middle East per se, but at the same time, when you leave a place, it's almost like you kind of leave the idea of like the culture that you left behind almost. And I think it's interesting how you, I guess, are changing this perspective of what really the Middle East is about. Um, And I know the program obviously emphasizes coding and robotics, engineering, all things about STEM and also art. Could you share some of the like stories of or the highlights of the impact you've been able to do with this program, especially since it's kind of cultural and also um, academic in a sense? Mm -hmm. Um, So something that was very interesting was um, the school that we first started out in, which is Maple Elementary School, had a robotics teacher, but that teacher left a couple years ago. So um, the most recent group of elementary school students really hadn't 
had a chance to experience robotics. And um, as part of MENA-X, I really wanted to create an environment where students had people who look like them teaching them. So I was very excited when we started using Lego Mindstormers EV3 robotics kits um, to help teach not only you know, basic robotics, but also provide a place where students could be really curious. So I heard so many really good questions and people would start out being like, I know this might sound stupid, but, and after a while that just disappeared. They're like, wait, what's this? How do I do that? And like the curiosity really just expanded. Um, what's your kind of, what's your favorite part about the program? And I guess besides like obviously seeing the impact within these kids, do you have like your favorite cultural aspect about it? Um, I think my favorite cultural aspect is the fact that it's always changing in terms of if a student comes up to me or a family member comes up to me and says like, hey, I heard you were talking about the MENA region. I've heard about this specific person. Um, like a couple days ago, actually, someone said, oh, do you know um, Zaha Hadid? who's a famous architect. Um, and I was like, yes, I do, but I haven't put her in my slides yet. So I just, I noted that down and next year we're gonna have her in the slides. And like um, being able to add and improvise so that everyone's interests are covered. Right. something I love, yeah. No, I think it's nice because it's almost like kids especially are realizing the beauty in people with different perspectives. So I think, yeah, I don't know that I wish I had something like that, especially because I've, you know, I was born in America, but I'm, you know, part Middle Eastern or Persian, but um, yeah, I was never really surrounded by that culture. Uh, so it's nice that you're doing that. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to pivot a little bit more towards the Bank of America internship, which is how I met you at the DC summit. Could you share, I guess, some of your experiences of like what you're doing in your eight weeks, but also like how that's um, helping you in, in whatever like journey career wise or academics or all that. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw the bank of America student leader program um, when I was in 10th grade and I was like, I should have checked the eligibility first, but before that I looked and I was like, oh my God, look at this. I love everything about this. And I was telling my parents, I was like, I'm going to apply. Yes. And yes. I, like, I found it. I literally was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? This looks so fancy. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to wait a couple years. <laughs> yeah. Um, my parents were like, sure. Can you check the eligibility first? Cause they're like, who can apply? And I was like, I don't know. Um, but when I could, I realized that MENA X is not a nonprofit or an NGO yet, but that's where I'm heading towards. And this is like an opportunity to work firsthand with a nonprofit organization. So I was like, this, this is it. This is where I can get all the like the tea, you know, and learn about what it takes to actually run these organizations. Um, and also like at the summit, so many amazing people were there. I was so sad that even like a week sounds long, but there were so many people and there are people I talked to like twice like you. And then I was like, oh, I wish we could sit down and have a nice long. I don't think that we actually ever had a conversation now that I'm remembering. Like, I don't think we did. Yeah, um, I think. Oh, well, our first conversation was on the last day at the last night. 
They're like, hi, nice to meet you. Let's take a photo. Yes, let's take a photo. That was our interaction. That was it. Wow. Um, Yeah, that was sad too, because I, like you, like you and so many other people, I was like, can we just sit down and have five minutes with every single person here? Um, But yeah. I know it's interesting because there were only 300 people, but like, It almost felt like there was a thousand, if that makes sense. Like there was just so many people to meet, but also it's because not one person was similar to the person next to them. And I think everyone was really like interested in, in participating and kind of discussing what they're passionate about, which I think is a breath of fresh air because especially in high school, I feel like sometimes kids think it's like cool to just like not care about school or like chill vibes you know what I mean but it was nice to be surrounded in an environment where you know people were really trying to create change for themselves and they were really like you know teaching others about it so yeah for me it was a really great experience and if anyone's listening and you can apply your junior like rising junior year right or senior year so I highly encourage you to do that um but yeah I kind of want to talk more about you know, you worked with Bridge to Turkey and kind of authoring articles on their impact. It really sounds really interesting. How did you get involved with this organization and kind of what have been the most rewarding experiences, you know, with collaborating? Yeah, so I started um, getting in contact with Bridge to Turkey when I was like, you know, I am young, yes, so I can't create my own organization, probably, (laughs) um, especially with the geopolitical issues going on. So I was like, let me see if there's a way that I can help out. Um, And my mom, Facebook friends with some Bridge to Turkey people as well. So I applied and um, I just said, hey, I'm interested in volunteering. Mm -hmm. And I started out volunteering as just a... uh, I started volunteering by translating and like editing articles. And while doing that, I actually met with the vice president of Bridge to Turkey. Um, Her name is Jule. And she talked to me about, you know, the opportunities available, like fundraising. And especially since I'm born in Diyarbakir and my mom's side is from Hatay, um, they're both majority minority regions where we don't have as much government support as is needed. And so I was like, okay, you know, this is a great opportunity. There's a school right in front of my grandparents' house, um, which is a big school for elementary school students, but it's also the only school in the Hatay region that is for special education students. Um, But there isn't any additional funding given for those students and they need specific supplies and they have different ways of learning. So we wanted to make sure that we could get some supplies there that could help those students grow and learn as well. Um, That's when I did a fundraiser and we made $1,400, which Mm. was not expecting. I started like, the goal was to get $350 for a book kit, um, which is still, I was like, I hope they can, you know, can do this or like, I'll try to pay myself if we can't or something. But I was like, you know what, let me have two backups, like two things in case somehow we make more money. And one of them was sports for kids. um, And the other one was special education, um, special care for kids. And so we somehow got to that goal. And I was just so happy. And 
When I went to Turkey, I met with the principal of the school and the school was getting renovated at the time too. And, you know, he just told me how important it was and that they needed these new books and these opportunities. And so, you know, it's it was so important that I, while I'm here, I still help my people. Like I don't forget about them just because, oh, I'm in America. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting because I think like on the topic of like, oh, people think like, how can you help, especially if you're not in the place? And for me, at least the number one thing is like education. And I think it's just really interesting and um, important, again, that you are doing these things and it's very inspiring. But on the topic of education, I kind of wanted to go back to your, you know, MENA program. And like you were mentioning how you were going to add the slides to um, next year. Like, how do you curate your content? How do you know what you're going to showcase, you know, the wonders of the region and all that. Yeah, so each program is one hour long, and we have the individual, the more STEAM-based MENA activities, but before that, we are together as a group, and depending on the activities for that day, we range from 20 to 30 minutes, well, 15 to 30 minutes, it depends, um, of a community building and then a Middle Eastern, North African cultural, you know, conversation. So um, on special significant days, we, I talk about those, um, like I sometimes come dressed and prepared like on Nevros. Um, and on other days, I start out with talking about what is MENA, mm-hmm. you know, what, what place is this? And I don't specify a spot on a map, but I say, okay, it's around this region because culturally people can be similar from different areas. Um, and then I start going into what is STEAM, and then the conversation starts to turn towards who are MENA people in STEAM fields that are creating change? Or like, what are they doing? Just so as a minority, you can see yourself as one of them, or as a woman who's also a minority, you can see yourself, or in different fields, you can be like, wow, this person managed to do this, maybe I can. So providing that sort of educational experience as well as like giving some optimism and hope and um sort of piquing the students interests yeah I'm I'm also interested in STEM but also obviously Middle Eastern kind of heritage where do you think I don't know like for you at least where do these opposing interests kind of come from and how does that world of math and science collide with this cultural aspect I at first, never thought of, you know, studying the Middle East as a job option, which isn't like a great thing because you're usually thought, oh, STEM, you know, you got to do computer science, engineering, coding, well, that's coding, but um, <laughs> it's usually very STEM oriented. So I never thought of like Middle Eastern studies as an option. Um, but even in that case, I've really been drawn towards mathematics. And I think that they really are able to intersect because the example that I always use is with climate change. It's It's been happening for years and people have been talking about it for years, but um, a way that people are slowly starting to believe it and start fearing, you know, being like, okay, what can we do has been with visualization of data. 
And so I'm hoping that with mathematics and computer science, so computational applied mathematics is um, one of my base interests, we can see what's going on in the Middle East in a more objective manner of like, this issue is happening, water, there's this much that is contaminated with something or whatever, and then find ways of creating those solutions. So I think skill sets in any field can be impactful. And yeah. No, I think that's that's a very important point of just like math for, you know, obviously is something that is used in all of the fields. And I think it is something that can be used to not only just look at a problem and analyze it from a mathematical or analytical standpoint, but it can also be used to create tangible change. Um, so yeah, I'm also interested in math. I was talking to you about this actually in DC. Yeah, how, like, like, this is crazy. <laughs> I know, I know it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, anyways, so pursuing your culture kind of while also managing your academic and, you know, professional commitments, like you said, you're still in your internship even now. How do you kind of, could you share at least some specific strategies, the way or the like tactics that you stay connected to your um, culture despite your busy schedule? So something that I started sharing a little bit about was Nevroz, which is um, Novruz is the Persian celebration and Nevroz is the Kurdish celebration. And they fall on the same day, but they celebrate sort of different things. And so for Nevroz and Novruz, I um, post on our uh, MenaX account. So it's menax.seattle. What's up, guys? Go follow. And so I post on there for both. And then I wear my cultural dress. It doesn't matter what day it is. So this time I had my integral calculus final that I do <laughs> right to start. And I wore my dress. I was like, we're going in, two-hour test. And then I took my Chinese cultural um, oral exam on that same day too. But I was wearing my dress. Like um, having specific days that I celebrate, um, you know, showcasing that is very important to me. And also when I have free time, sort of studying, just like being like, huh, I wonder what the Middle East or what North Africa or what the MENA region was going through these specific time periods and like just researching for fun. Yeah, that's that's nice because I feel like one way to obviously preserve the culture is to make it a priority in your own life, in your own culture. So that's, I think it's, really inspiring that you know even though it's not the norm to dress up in you know the cultural attire or or, you know celebratory things like you still do it and I think that says a lot without having to say anything at all um but yeah I guess as my final question I always ask this to all my participants uh because I like to hear like how they're going to change the world so my last question is how are you going to change the world now or even in the near future I think changing the world doesn't have to be always like a giant thing. So the smaller ways that I'm trying to change the world now is by um, being open and available to talk about and express my culture um, because people have questions and people are sometimes afraid to ask them, especially because they're like, but on the news, I saw this, you know, Um, but showing myself as like a willing person to talk about what they think and being willing to just be like, okay, this is probably why, but look at this stuff as well. So helping create that other perspective. 
And um, I think even though I could potentially be white passing, um, instead of just being willing to, you know, just fit in with what other expectations are, being like, okay, you know, here's my culture, like wearing the dress or um, speaking in Turkish in public or I'm learning Kurdish and Arabic. I'm working on that. But, <laughs> you know, just always not trying to fit in, just being myself and um, respecting other people for being themselves. So, yeah. That's amazing. I really like how you are um, making small change. And in the end, that almost creates a larger change. And you're kind of creating that space for people to have, um, you know, conversations that are non-judgmental and you kind of accept that these are the preconceived, you know, ideas or notions about the region. But, you know, let me show you a little bit more about what I know about the culture and whether that changes your perspective or not, like at least you know more about it. And I think that's a really important way to change the world. So thank you so much for doing this interview. It was um, really great getting to talk to you. That's it for today's episode. Remember to stay positive, stay inspired, and change the world. Bye, everyone.